Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast. He passes over uh, kind of a, a sheaf of paper that he has written out this translation on. Seeker of wisdom, servant of Yugur or Yoag Setheth, deliverer of the people of the water, bearer of the spirits of Nar-Loth-Hotep, child of Thoth, seeker of wisdom. I may ask around the university to see if anyone else recognizes them, but I, I certainly didn't. It's because they're moving. Okay, thank you, sir. <laughs> and we could also go to the house and then leave the house. It's not like we have to, like, stare there the whole time. That's, that's a big assumption. <laughs> My great uncle actually owns the place. Um, we just wanted to go inspect it. He hasn't been there in years. You know, it's haunted, right? Have you seen any red-breasted sapsuckers uh, flying around recently, maybe in the area? What? They're birds. They're birds. He points toward a tree nearby, and he's, he says, there's a bird. I got to tell you, people right now around here are a little, uh, a little suspicious. So I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, a local woman, she disappeared last night. The whole place, I think you all get the feeling it just exudes a strange and unsettling atmosphere. It's as if the house has been waiting for someone, perhaps for you, for many years. Arkham, Massachusetts, May 3rd, 1926. Dr. Henry Armitage tried to walk silently through the halls of the Classics Building at Miskatonic University. He had been through these halls many times, but rarely had he done so while trying not to be seen or heard. He was not a man used to subterfuge, but desperate times called for desperate measures. Something strange was going on in Arkham, of that he was sure. He had hoped, oh how he had hoped, that only he knew the true extent of the problem. But more and more it seemed to Dr. Armitage that strange things were spreading like a contagion, and no matter how distasteful he found it, Dr. Armitage had decided that he would take it upon himself to slow the spread. He crept to the end of a hallway and peeked around the corner, looking down toward the door to the office of Dr. Warren Rice. Dr. Armitage had always liked Dr. Rice, found his scholarship impressive, and was happy to chat over a cup of coffee when Dr. Rice needed his help at the library. In fact, Dr. Rice had come to the library for help just days before, and that was why Dr. Armitage found himself sneaking around the Classics Building, waiting for his colleague to leave. Moments later, Dr. Rice did in fact open his door to leave, locked it, and walked briskly down the hallway, away from where Dr. Armitage was standing. Dr. Armitage waited for him to head down the stairs at the end of the hallway before hurrying to Dr. Rice's office, pulling out a hairpin as he went. Dr. Armitage had never expected he would need to learn to pick a lock, but again, desperate times. Though a newly acquired skill, Dr. Armitage found he was rather adept at picking locks, and before long he was rummaging through the books and papers scattered across Dr. Rice's desk, praying that the Egyptologist hadn't forgotten something and would stay away until morning. The man may have been an accomplished scholar, but he was also a mess, and it took Dr. Armitage more than 15 minutes to find what he was looking for. He stuffed the paper into his pocket, hurried out of the office, closed the door behind him, and returned to the Orne Library. Dr. Armitage waited until he was alone in the comfort of his own office before pulling out the paper and holding it near the candle he had lit at his desk to examine it. Days before, over coffee, Dr. Rice had shown him this very paper, upon which Dr. Rice had copied down a number of strange symbols. Dr. Armitage, of course, knew what they were. Movie and characters that few people in the world could translate. He just happened to be one of them. He had feigned ignorance when Dr. Rice had shown him the symbols, but knew in that very moment that he would have to acquire this paper as soon as he was able and tonight he had done just that. 
He looked one final time at the characters before inching the paper forward toward the candle flame. The corner of the page caught fire quickly, and Dr. Armitage had to drop it to avoid being burned. Before long, all that was left was ash, and Dr. Armitage breathed a sigh of relief. Now, he thought, what am I going to do with the O'Malley's? So I think all game masters have their strengths and then the things that they're not as good at. And I think one of the things I am worst at is ad-libbing NPCs. And so I am so happy that Evan <laughs> failed and then failed again <laughs> on his check to try to persuade the family of Maggie McBurder because I was not at all ready for how they were going to react to you coming and asking about that. I also think it's interesting, like, I know what's in the scenario and what's not in the scenario, but that's, like, obviously not obvious to players. So, you know, I, I, I don't blame you for going down that path, but it's also just interesting to me, like, I don't know. Well, well, that was the other thing in the last one, because I think the journal specifically noted the moon. It did, yeah. It said yeah, that they, it did, they, it did, did. they did it the night before the new moon. And so I'm like, man, I'm going to get that calendar. I'm going to break this open. And then as soon as you're like, I don't know, I got to look that up. I'm like, okay, so that's nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I felt so like smart and proud of myself. I like, I thought it was a great move. I I thought so too. And then nothing. (laughs) No, I mean, it is a good move. And I, I don't, I don't do a good job of like rolling I, I often don't do a good job of like rolling with the ideas that you come up with. I'm just like, I don't know, which which obviously gives you a sign that it's not something that's like written into the adventure. I, I, I thought I thought the McFurter farm like could have very easily been a part of it. You were like, there are definitely these people here and they are unfriendly, which is probably how I would react if a bunch of strangers rolled up and was like, heard about your missing wife. <laughs> well, well, that and like, like very clearly, especially having city folk, like he's yeah, out yeah. in the like in the woods in a three piece white suit. He's obviously out of play. Like yes. he would not be well received. Like, yeah, you weren't excited about it. Like that happened how it would happen <laughs> nine out of ten times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it it does talk in the adventure about how do the how do the citizens of Ross's Corner react to you, and so I just kind of played that up. Um, but I mean, and it would have been it would have been fine. Uh, <laughs> but I I just I I always feel so like caught off guard in moments like that when I shouldn't feel caught off guard. But it's like, what do I do with these people? I don't know who they are. I don't know how they act. I don't know what they say. What do people say? <laughs> They don't say anything. I've never Talk. Met I don't a person know. Before. <laughs> they don't say anything. They just pull a gun. <laughs> Should just be like your your uh, your trademark move is just when you don't feel like doing it. Just pull a gun on them. Whatever game you're playing, D and D, whatever. Just a gun. Just a gun. Oh, please, yeah. in D and D specifically. Yeah, that that character is the person who invented the gun in that world, and they have one. <laughs>
I mean, Pathfinder Pathfinder has guns. I don't think any... Uh, maybe, Nick, you played a gunslinger one time? Uh, Wesley? Oh, yeah, of course. You played a gunslinger <laughs> for a long time. Yes. I had to make up rules for the gunslinger because we switched to 2E before the, before the gunslinger came out. Yep. All right, so I think we're going to dive right back in because um, the three of you have finally reached the old farmhouse that was purchased by your great-grandfather slash great-uncle and the site of where he and his classmates summoned some sort of entity or called forth some sort of entity that he believes has been trapped inside this house until he just died and he was the last of the group that died. And so he believed that, 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 that this would set the entity free. And so you've all arrived here. You're, you had to kind of park at the edge of the walking path and then walk to it. And you see the house with the high-peaked roof. There's also a, a, like a dilapidated and almost collapsed large barn. The area, or like the yard, um, is kind of overgrown at this point with tall grass and weeds and wildflowers. And you see a well kind of off to the side of the house. And then there's woods kind of surrounding the property. This is literally the opening scene of Resident Evil 7. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> the opening scene's the spoiler, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Spoils the opening scene. Adam didn't know it existed. <laughs> I mean, Constantine will get out of the car and immediately he's going to snap some pictures of the farmhouse. Sure. It's very dilapidated and yeah. it doesn't look like it's been used in a very long time. All right. Um, he's also going to get like, cause like, you know, we're not just driving around talking to random people he doesn't care about. Um, I mean, this is, you know, this is the real deal. So he's going to look extra perceptively. Like if he sees anything out of the ordinary or anything you wouldn't expect from a dilapidated farmhouse. Sure, you can kind of make out that there seem to be some sort of symbols drawn over the doors and windows. It's hard to tell exactly what they are. You can't; re they're they're kind of well worn at this point. But um, it was mentioned in the journal that there were some yeah. symbols, some warding symbols put up, and you see some sign of that. I uh, when we get closer, I want to look at them more closely because one of the thoughts I had was like, what if we rewarded it and then we could hang out until one of, all three of us die and then you know continue the thing on. But <laughs> do the does the damage to the windows and stuff look recent or does it look like it is a result of time? Like, does it look like something exploded from the attic or is the house just old? There are no windows up where you think the attic would be. Uh, the windows are all on the first floor, um, and they, I mean, it's hard to tell when they were broken, but I mean, the, all of the windows, the, the, the intact ones and the non-intact ones are completely filthy, um, and, fr and kind of frosted over with dirt and dust. Okay. So Evan will do kind of a, a sweep of the outside, just a, a broad, uh, you know, kind of right around the edge of the woods, just checking out big picture, glance in the barn, glance down the well. You know, make sure nobody's hiding behind doors or anything. Sure. What are the others of you doing kind of as Evan starts to take a sweep around? I think I will. I Constantine will walk closer and try to study the wards and see if it's anything that he recognizes or has seen in his research. Okay. I'm just going to kind of like stand guard. <laughs> with your Tommy <laughs> with Evan going one direction. <laughs> yes, exactly. With Evan going one direction and, and Constantine being inspector guy. Yes, I will. Just pull out my gun and watch over things. Sounds good. 
Um, Evan, go ahead and give me a spot hidden check. All right, uh, 22. So that is, so a half is a hard pass? Or is that a- Hard success, yeah. Hard success, yes. Okay. So you start kind of walking around the property, kind of around the edges. Most of the grass here has kind of grown tall and the weeds are kind of tall. So you're, you're almost kind of making your way through like an overgrown field as you walk around the outside of the house. And at one point you see that there's a trail that seems to be leading off from the house that leads to a small privy. There's a well um, and you kind of look down the well. It looks like the bucket and the rope have long rotted away, but there is water still down there. There's some like grass and branches and things that sit on top of the water. But you're, you're kind of looking down as you walk, and you are startled when you see a, a recently dead raccoon lying in the, in, the, in the grass as you walk by. And it looks, it looks bloody. Uh, I would like to um, cheese my cane and, and poke it and flip it over. You know, try to see if it looks natural. We're out in the woods. Something could have eaten it. Sure. So do you have um, either science, biology, medicine, or natural world? No, I do have first aid. Can I bring it back to life? <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot. So you, you turn it over with your sword cane, or your your cane. I shouldn't reveal that it's a sword cane. Anything could happen with this thing. Uh, you, you, try, <laughs> you try to you flip it over with <laughs> You flip it over with your cane, and... You see that its its chest area is absolutely totally stained with clotted blood, and that a large hole has been bored into its chest. But you have no idea what might have done this to it. So it it could be natural. I uh, I'm assuming you don't know. Yeah, you you're you're not a, you're not a man of the wilderness. You don't know. No, no, I would not describe Evan as a man <laughs> of the wilderness. <laughs> so kind of yeah, just kind of note it, but keep on moving and do my uh, my sweep. All right, so. Uh, meanwhile, um, Constantine, you you start to approach the farmhouse kind of near the front door where you see the most prominent of the symbols. And you hear a creaking metallic sound as the wind kind of picks up around you as you get closer to the front. Okay. Keep um, going. <laughs> yeah, he's going to keep going. Okay. I mean, it maybe stop and like look and assume it's probably like the, the roof or something or I don't know, some part of the house and then keep going. Yeah, so you you do look around a little bit and you see the remains of like a porch swing resting near the edge of the trees and the chains broke off and they're kind of swinging lightly in the breeze, which seems to be the source of the sound. And the the swing itself is lying on the ground with weeds kind of growing through the wood. And you get closer to the front door. There's a single door in the front of the farmhouse. There's a small oil lamp hanging from the wall beside it. And you do see the symbols now more clearly. You can go ahead and roll me a cult if you'd like. Oh, yes. That is a almost extreme success, but a um, hard success. Okay, so you definitely recognize these. These definitely are symbols of power that are used to ward against otherworldly spirits. Like, they they are ones that you know, they are ones that you recognize, and they look like they are, they were put up by someone who knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, just based on your occult knowledge, would think there's no reason to believe that these don't wouldn't still work. Like if if mm. this type of symbol actually does work against something, like these seem to still be intact. Okay, so these weren't necessarily deactivated by the death of Jack. It doesn't seem that way, um, okay. and they are they see that you see them at the front door, kind of around the lintel of the door. 
they're they are around the windows. Any of the kind of entrances into the house, it seems like they they have been put around. I'm gonna walk like armed with that knowledge. I'm going to walk around and make sure that there's no like gap in them somewhere. There hasn't been like a tree that's fallen and like smashed some of them or something like that. All right, so you can kind of continue your way around the house. You see the back door as well, um, and it also has it also has these symbols um, marked around it, um, and all of the windows seem to as well. So it looks like all of these entrances are you know, have the symbols that, that uh, would potentially ward against some sort of spirits. Okay, I'll come back around to the front and take a picture of it, obviously. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, Evan, you're still kind of looking around the house. You get to the barn. The wood of the barn is totally decaying. It looks like it's com- almost completely fallen apart. Uh, and there's a collapsed lean-to as well where bundles of firewood would have been kept. And you still, there are still a few logs there. Uh, they're very damp. Um, but to, if you wanted to, like, see what might have been inside the barn, you would have to, like, try to go in, though it looks a bit treacherous. I, I'd try. I, I'd slowly go in. I assume the door's falling off or halfway open. Or I assume yeah, I could take yeah. kind of a slow, uh, slow approach. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll me a dex check. All right, that's a uh, success. All right, so you you start walking through the barn. There is there's broken glass all over the floor. There are rusted farm tools that are kind of you know, kind of like laying all over the place. Uh, it is kind of treacherous walking through, but you're able to pretty nimbly kind of make your way through. There's horse tack. There's the rusted farm tools. There's certainly no certainly no animals living in here, and it it, it doesn't seem like this has been used for a very long time. Okay, that's checked it out. That's uh, that was about my only goal. All right. So at this point, you probably all kind of you know you've you've done you've done at least a search of the yard and the the area immediately around the farmhouse. If Evan comes back, does he does he mention the uh, raccoon? Yeah, just kind of offhand. Okay. Um, I. Uh, or Constantine will like perk up with that and he'll go over to examine the raccoon because I have natural I have natural world alright give me a natural world roll ah but I've never seen a raccoon before so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's an 80 over 50, so no. All right. I mean, it's it's definitely a raccoon. You know what a raccoon is. There's a, I mean, you see the same like hole bored into its chest, but okay, no idea but what could have done something okay. like that or would have. Constantine comes back over, um, and he just goes to Evan and goes, yep, it's a raccoon. It's still dead? <laughs> it's still dead. Great. This is a boost of confidence, this little <laughs> mini investigation out here. There's still no, I mean, there's still no, like, sounds in the clearing. We don't see any animals or, like, squirrels, birds, chipmunks. No, and it is it is it is a little eerie. You don't see any, like, rabbits or, or chipmunks or squirrels running across the yard. No birds in the trees. So should we go in? It appears so. Out of everything else to do. Do you want to go in the front door or the back door? Front door. Um, and who's 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 walking in first? Who's leading the way? I mean, do we put Constantine in front again? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just like in our play test. Um, sure. I mean, yeah. You tell Constantine to do that, and he's like, "Okay, okay. I can. We can. We can do this. Let's go." Um, so one hand holding his camera, one hand opening the door. 
So you you reach to the front door of the farmhouse and you grab the handle and you turn and it's locked. Oh yeah, I have the key. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we gotta go home. We tried. Adventure no, over. No. It's there. It's there. I brought it. I promise. I don't know. I didn't hear you say that you brought the key. You have to drive all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you if you hold constant or if you t- uh, hand the key to Constantine, he will. Uh, Examine it and uh, put it in the lock, turning it slowly. <laughs> it clicks open. <laughs> um, and the as you open the door, the rusty hinges squeal in protest after so many years of non-use. And you enter into the front room of the farmhouse. It's dirty. It clearly looks like it, no one has been here for a long time. Uh, and the first thing that hits you as you enter is a really foul odor something you know something rotten it smells like and it's not immediately but it's not immediately clear where it's coming from dust lies thickly on the furniture in the room and on the empty shelves and there's like dead leaves and detritus covering the floor uh like something got in kind of from the broken windows let's take a look around (laughs) what's uh how how bright is it in the building because it's still midday or so correct yeah, it's it. Yeah, it's it's. I would say it's midday. It's a pretty sunny day in the spring, okay. and so it's it's pretty bright in there. So yeah, let's uh, let's take a look around. All right, so you kind of look around. There's an iron stove against one wall. There is a table and an old couch and a chair. And as you look close, more closely at them, like rot has completely eaten away at the table and the couch, and that you think that might be where the smell is coming from. Um, across the room, diagonally from the front door, looks like an entryway to another room, and a near uh, and nearby that there's a narrow opening in the floor, maybe leads down to a cellar. And also, as you're kind of walking around the floor, you can it's like warped and stained. Looks like maybe the result of water damage leaking through the roof. It really is like a, it's it's just completely, almost completely destroyed in here. So we are looking for a book or notes or a journal or something, correct? Mm-hmm. We're looking for our translations? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I say we go to the attic last and yes. and start investigating. So do like main floor and basement. Sounds mm-hmm. good. How are you all kind of looking around? Are you like rummaging through everything? Are you like being cautious? Or are you just, yeah, how, how are you kind of approaching this? Uh, Evan is pretty cautious. Uh, he's definitely, you know, he picked up from the barn how bad a shape everything is in. And then he's also not enthusiastic about touching stuff, so again, continues to use his cane to poke and prod things and flip things over and shuffle things around. Yeah, I would imagine I'm watching where I step and kind of like just using the nozzle muzzle of the gun to like (laughs) maneuver things around. I mean, Constantine knows kind of what's at stake. Like, he's being cautious but he does not have any problem with like touching stuff and kind of rubbing through stuff a little bit he has no compulsion to that alright all of you make me a listen check a li- oh I didn't know there were points in listen <laughs> interesting you mean spot hidden when you said that right <laughs> nope different no 42 over 30 that's a fail uh, it's a 95 over 20 <laughs> yeah an 80 over 20 all right, so I just I just picture like the three of you are walking through this room and you're like being pretty cautious when it comes to like where you step and like what you move around, but you're all like nervous. 
And so you're like, I feel like you're chatting with each other. You're just like talking and like pointing out the things that you see. Filling silence. <laughs> yeah, filling the silence. Do we see any like bookshelves or cabinets or anything in the room that we are in? Or are we just kind of nosing through the detritus? Yeah, you're, you're kind of looking through. There, there are shelves, but there's nothing on the shelves. And, you know, you think this room has so much water damage, like, because you can see where the floor has warped and, like, where uh, the, the rot that is that is on the furniture, that if there was any, like, papers or something in this room, they've long been destroyed by the water that's in here. That would be unfortunate. Right. <laughs> Again, adventure over. <laughs> <laughs> you can do nothing to stop the evil. <laughs> So have we? I mean, have we searched? Yeah, I think you've, I think you've, the I think you've searched okay. the, the front, the front room. There's the there's the back room in the front room in the front in the in the on the floor, and then there's the cellar in the attic. Okay, so I say we go to the back room. Yep. Constantine will um, turn around, look, and then then lead the way again. Oh, go to the back room. Okay. You do notice as you're kind of passing through the entryway into the back room that the the narrow opening in the floor does reveal a steep flight of steps leading down, so you think that's probably leading down to a cellar. Uh, but the back room has a comfortable armchair in one corner. Uh, there's a table that stands against a wall beneath the rear window covered in assorted items, uh, and both seem to have survived any water damage, so maybe the leaking roof isn't so bad back here. There's also a fireplace uh, in this room, and you also notice a trap door set in the middle of the ceiling. So maybe that's how to get to the attic. Constantine walks up to the trap door and just pulls it down. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. Um, is there any signs that this is like the room where they did the ritual? Like, is there any old um, pentagon or... Pentagram. Nope, it's a pentagon. Pent pen or a pentagon. <laughs> I almost said hexagon. <laughs> pentagram, yes. A pentagram or anything like that. So you're looking around on the floor. What about the other two of you? A table of items. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, Evan's distracted and drawn towards the basement. He's going to start investigating the flight of stairs down. Okay. Why don't you give me another listen check? Uh, 37 over 20, so that's a fail. All right. So you're kind of looking at the basement. Meanwhile, Constantine is looking on the floor. You don't see a pentagram drawn anywhere. You don't really see any sign of it. Um, you don't know whether that you don't you don't know what they drew it with. So like how long that would last. I mean, it was mm -hmm. it was almost what it's nineteen it's nineteen twenty six. That was night that was eighteen fifty seven, and so it's almost seventy years ago. So it's hard to sure. it, hard to say whether anything like that would still exist. But, M Margaret, you walk over to the table and you see that there's an old walking stick that is lying on top of it. And there's also like a large piece of worn and wrinkled fabric that's spread out across the table. Like at first it almost looks like a tablecloth. But there's a on top of the fabric, there's a half full uh, box of wooden matches, a small piece of soap a tin cup, a screwdriver, a can opener, a jackknife, and the stub of a candle. Um, you want to give me an intelligence check? Do. Um, 61 under 65. Nice. So you think this is an unwrapped bindle, which means that it's quite likely that a homeless person has stayed here within the last day, uh, though it's odd that they would have left 
all of their possessions, even though they're meager possessions. Like this seems like probably what would be all of their possessions, and so it's odd that they're just here and there's you don't see anybody else. Okay, noted. So Evan, are you you walking down the stairs? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, so the you start walking down the stairs. They're very creaky, but they seem sturdy enough. And you make your way down. The cellar is small. It has a low ceiling, and so the room feels really claustrophobic. It's it's super dark down here. Like, a lot of the light from upstairs doesn't seem to be kind of reaching past the stairs. Um, do you have any way to light things? No, not on me. Okay. So... I'd, I'd probably wait at the bottom of the stairs for a while, letting my eyes adjust and seeing how how well I can uh, can end up seeing after a couple of minutes. All right. Um, go ahead and give me a spot hidden check. Uh, that is an 18 under 65, so that's a uh, hard success. Okay. So you start to like allow your eyes to adjust a little bit. You see that the floor of the cellar is hard-packed earth, you feel that it's cooler down here than the house above, smells of dirt and dust, and little bits of light kind of filter through the cracks in the floorboards above, and so like your, your eyes do start to adjust. But before they've adjusted enough, you notice movement coming from your left-hand side, and you look over just as a scraggy-haired man with a beard wearing a flannel shirt, suspenders, and a wide-brimmed hat clearly homeless, but you see in his eyes that he is absolutely full of fear, jumps out of the shadows and swings an old table leg at you. Um, and so he is going to get a surprise attack, and then we are going to move into initiative. Great. Which does not necessarily mean you need to fight, but we are going to move into initiative. So uh, we'll start, but we will start with the surprise attack. I rolled an 83. Um, so he, he swings out, but you're able to kind of duck underneath the swinging table leg. And now we are in initiative. And so what is everyone's dex score? 45 for Evan. 50. Uh, 55 for Constantine. That's not what I expected to happen. You thought Evan was just going to die? No, I, I did not expect that to be the, or the a homeless individual. Did not expect to be the a person. homeless man? No, that's not what I expected to fight in uh, this that's adventure. A, a pretty natural... Uh, enemy for uh, Call yes. of Cthulhu. Yes, a surprisingly natural enemy. And so he swings this table leg out at you. He actually he actually has the highest decks of all of you, so he gets to go first in the first round. He swings the table leg at you and you kind of duck out of the way and he he takes the opportunity of you like looking away and starts sprinting up the stairs. And so Constantine, all of a sudden you hear like running up the stairs and you see this scraggly haired dirty homeless man charging up the stairs what do you do i think that again constantine didn't see the um the bindle i think he would jump backward um but i don't think he would pursue him or do anything i think he would just stand surprised okay so we can call that a delay if you'd like to. yes i can delay that's a thing in this it is, yes. All right, so um, so Margaret, you are looking at this bindle. You're like, oh, I think maybe a homeless person has been staying here. And then you hear running up the stairs, and you turn around, and lo and behold, you see a homeless person running up the stairs. I aim my gun at him, and I say, please don't make me use this. Okay. Um, how about an intimidation check? Um, and I'll give you a bonus die on this. So it means that you, you roll the tens digit twice. 
So sorry, do you just do I just roll the roll the hundred sided dice and then take the lower of the tens, right? Roll roll the hundred roll the hundred sided dice and then roll a, a a ten sided die and take whichever is the lower tens digit, if that makes sense. Okay. So like if you roll a sixty five but then you roll a two on the on the on your extra roll, it'd be a twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, fifty seven over fifteen. Not good. Okay. So this is all kind of happening at the same time, but he like he like his eyes go wide when you when you point the gun at him, but he's like in a it seems like he's in a panicked state and uh he does not like drop to his knees or anything. Um Evan, you this man runs by you and up the stairs. What would you like to do? Uh I'm going to follow him up the stairs. I will also uh finally officially reveal my sword cane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you so you're like running up the stairs and you like draw out the sword part of the sword cane. Yes. Okay. So wait, Constantine will go like seeing seeing uh, what Margaret did um, and kind of just trying to follow her lead. He's going to like, I mean, he's a big guy and he knows that you know people have been intimidated by him before, even if he is not intimidating. Um, so he's gonna like puff himself up as much as he can even if he doesn't feel it and just yell stop <laughs> okay go ahead and roll me intimidation yeah uh that is a success 20 under 30 nice so he like he looks at the gun and then he looks at his stuff that's lying out on the table and then Constantine from behind him kind of bellows stop and he, he, like, jumps so afraid and falls flat on his face on the ground and, like, turns himself over and is just, like, holding his arms above his head. And he's like, don't, 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 don't. And just repeating that over and over again. So after um, that happens, Constantine's going to, like, shrink back, like, to his normal posture and kind of be, like, taken aback by himself. All right. I think we're probably out of combat now because he's, he's basically subdued here. So what would you all like to do? Ask him who he is. I mean, I don't, I don't know who wants to initiate this conversation. Are you still pointing your gun at him? I am. <laughs> okay. Until he has proven that he is not a threat, it will still be aimed at him. Fair enough. Who, yeah. Who wants to? Who wants to? Um. To to lead the conversation. Constantine can just be like, you know, again, kind of shaken, just like, who, who, who are you? What what are you doing here? And he he really he starts to ramble and it's it's nearly incoherent. Um, he seems in a full state of panic. You hear him say, "You think maybe his name is Jake?" And he says things like, "It saw me, needed to get out, never come back, but I still came back." Everyone watching. He's, he's just like he's babbling incoherently. Since Constantine's probably in a like very simple, like close to that state of mind, can I understand it more than the other two? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, no, um, I don't. I don't think so. Um, do any of you have psychology? Constantine actually does. I do. Nope. Yeah, you can all go I ahead and roll well. psychology. Uh, hard fail. 88 over 40. Constantine's still shaken from his uh, role in this. Yeah, 51 over 35. So. Bad. Evan, do you have any psychology? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So yeah, he's just he's babbling incoherently, and he's like he's like pushing himself backwards on the floor, like trying to like 
push himself back up against the back wall where the back door is. So, so Evan will suggest we uh, we let him take his things and leave. I don't think he's going to be useful for us. Makes sense. Constantine will ask, like, yeah. have, you, have you seen anything strange? How long have you been here? He looks at you and, like, looks back at the barrel of the gun and looks at you and back <laughs> at the barrel of the gun, gun and continues to babble. I will not point the gun at him anymore, but I will not set it down. Fair enough. And be like, and be like, can you can you tell us who you are? <laughs> when you lower the when you lower the gun, it seems to calm him a little bit. Though he like he clearly is in still he still is in some sort of state, but he says, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm Jake. I'm I'm Red. I'm Red Jake. What kind of name is that? Red Red Jake. Can can you tell us what you're doing here? Well, yeah. I mean, I." I you know, I, I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a place to stay. So, I found this, this here house yesterday. I was just, you know, traveling through the countryside and thought I'd, I'd come in and, and warm up a bit. That's, that's why, that's why I came here. And you're not supposed to be here. Well, I, I don't know who owns this, this place, but it, it's not me. And I, there's, there's something, there's something strange about this house. Uh, there's, I think there, I think there's a monster in here. Red Jake, what makes you say that? What, what have you seen? What have you heard? Well, I was, I was here to, like I said, to, to warm up a, a little bit, and I, you know, I, when no one came back home at night, I, I just, I figured I'd stay. It was nice to sleep inside for, for a night, and I was sleeping, and, the, and then I woke up, and I, I heard some awful strange sounds, and. Then I got attacked. I I, I ran for it. I, I ran through the back door, but it it chased me through the woods, making an awful racket. This this piercing shriek. I, I I don't know how I got away. It seemed like it maybe heard something else and left me alone to go looking for it. But uh, I, somehow I got away and I came back and I I came back in and just wanted to get my stuff. But then I I heard you all and I I ran downstairs. Did you see what was chasing you? No, I, I didn't see it, but I, I did I did smell it. it. It smelled like nothing I ever smelled before, almost like rotting meat, but so much worse. Did it smell evil? <laughs> yes, sir, it did. <laughs> I just I just I just want to leave. Can you I'm sorry if this this is your home. I I just want to leave. Can you I just want to take my my things and leave. I I I think that would be fine, Jake. The these are your things and indicate towards the table yeah yeah I'll, I'll just I'll wrap them up and I'll be I'll be out of your hair Red Jake have you seen a woman at all no I, a, a, I mean you <laughs> fair have you seen another woman <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've, I've seen women before and you're the most recent but uh, not other than that not, not recently Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> Red Jake is a very literal man. <laughs> I mean, you didn't say, did you see, did you see, uh, a, I don't, a, a woman around here? Well, did, did, you see woman the, did you see a missing woman? Like, <laughs> I guess that's true. No, that's not she's a, missing. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't missing to me, I saw her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he he starts to stand up and but like is clearly eyeing your gun, Margaret. Like he's just like expecting you to to point it at him again. 
and like keeps his eyes on you as he like moves over to the table and like starts wrapping his stuff up. I'm still not putting it down, so he can look at me all he wants. Okay, so he he wraps his stuff up and wraps it around the walking stick, and he he like slowly starts backing toward the back door, keeping his eyes on Margaret. And he's like, "I just if I if I were you, I I wouldn't stay here very long. The monster might come back at any moment." And then he he backs out of the back door and. B- before he leaves, I'm gonna say, "Red Jake, one second. And then if he turns around, I take a picture of him. And he's freaked out by that, and he he runs out the back door and like through. You see him like run through the yard into the woods. Constantine continues to be the normalest man. <laughs> it's just a man doing man things. <laughs> seems like something you do. No, it does seem like something you do, and it seems like something that would freak somebody else out. <laughs> All right, so so now that now that Red Jake has sprinted out of the house, what would you like to do? I th- I think the uh, the basement or the cellar is now clear for uh, Constantine to go check out. <laughs> um, C- Constantine is going to remember that um, uh, there is there was a lantern hanging outside, and maybe like say and be like, oh oh yeah, hang on one second, and he's gonna uh, go get the lantern and. Uh, Oh, he took the thing of matches. Darn it. Can I roll a luck roll to see if we have matches with us? Yeah, absolutely you can. Uh, we do not have matches with us. Okay. <laughs> uh, you you also go out and grab that lantern, and you see that the, the wick part is completely waterlogged, and you don't think it would light even so, oh, and there's no right. oil left in the lantern. Okay. All right. Well, then I start heading down the stairs. Okay. Margaret, Evan, you going down with him? You staying up top? I'll go down. Okay. Uh, both of you go ahead and make me a spot hidden roll. Great at spot things. Uh, 74 under 85. Woo, yeah, you are perceptive. 46 over... Th- oh, 46... No, wait. 46 over 25. Sorry, I don't know how to read. I failed. <laughs> Evan, are you staying up top or are you coming down? Uh, I'll wait at the top and and watch until they're all the way down. Okay. So, Constantine, you walk down the stairs and you see that across the way sitting on what looks like a shelf is another lantern. Okay. I Constantine will walk toward the lantern. Okay. You check it out. There actually a there's a box of matches sitting next to it and this this one looks like it still has some oil in it and and a a wick that looks like it would light. Okay. Uh Constantine will light the lantern. So as you do, the 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 cellar lights up, and you can see much more clearly down here now. There's a pair of chairs against a wall at the base of the steps. There's a table with a missing leg resting on its side. You assume that's what Red Jake swung at Evan. There are shelves lining one wall, and they the wall where the lantern was, and they're mostly filled with cans and boxes sitting on the shelves. So as as soon as uh, Evan sees every sees it light up down there, he uh, he goes ahead and joins them. All right, so the three of you start to look around. Most of the cans and boxes are full of long, spoiled foodstuffs, but there are also several tins of tea among the cans. There's a silver tea set that is long gone tarnished. There's some cast iron pots and pans for cooking, sets of tableware for eating, and on the lowest shelf, there's a row of bottles containing liquor. But as you look around a little more closely, you see there's an eight-foot ladder 
Behind the steps is a pile of lumber, a bag of rusted nails, and a wooden box with some old tools. And in the corner near the shelves is an old tarp that seems to be covering something kind of large. Let's pull off the tarp. Let's watch Constantine pull off the tarp. <laughs> Let's aim a gun at the tarp. <laughs> we all have our established roles. Yeah, standard operating procedure. Constantine does a thing. Margaret points a gun at the thing, and Evan watches the thing being done. So you pull off the tarp, and underneath is an expensive-looking travel trunk with fastened straps and latches secure. Constantine. <laughs> You, you you should unlatch that trunk. <laughs> Constantine looks back and like kind of like nods and then like looks at Evan for like approval too. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a normal trunk. Okay. All right. Pop on a, pop it on open. I, I will like like if I look on the outside, are there any like runes or markings or anything to denote it? There are not any runes or markings on the outside of the trunk, no. All right. So then I will uh, pop the lid. All right, so as you open the lid, you actually immediately notice that under the lid, on the underside of the lid, there are more strange sigils carved under here. And inside there, it, it looks like mostly like there's folded black cloth that's kind of wrapping up whatever is inside this trunk. And there's a letter resting on top. Do the, do the symbols look like moo stuff? No, they look like the they look like the ones that are like drawn on the lintels of the house and around the windows. Okay, so it's the so I can just carry over that check to know they're more. I'll yes. I'll mention yeah. like these are these are these are symbols of warding or symbols of power to ward. Um I will grab the letter and I will hand it to um Evan. Yeah, and I will uh, I'll take it and open it up and read it out loud. All right, it is dated April 8th, 1857. And it says, I don't know why I'm putting this down on paper. It's probably a bad idea, but I feel the need to leave some kind of explanation for my actions and intent. When I took the sarcophagus from my uncle, I did not think it would be missed. I expected to be able to research it and return it later. I was such a fool. Despite believing in the powers we tried to summon, I grossly misunderstood the consequences. Now Robert is dead, and Harold is a madman. I'm going back to the farmhouse to organize our things. I dread stepping foot again in that place, but I must make sure that our materials will be available again when we need them. Since the others are too shaken to attempt a banishment of the creature, I can only hope that the thing hasn't the power to remain in our reality more than a few hours or days. At least it's bound to the house itself. I shall search for a means to destroy it before the last of us passes from this world and it's released and it's released from the house if it is still in there. I believe I know where I can find the knowledge I need to drive the creature away without assistance from the others. I hear tales of mystics in New Orleans that know much of the true magics of the world. I am leaving the gold box in Jack's care. I told him not to sell it or have it appraised by anyone, but did not tell him why. He also seemed puzzled by my insistence not to live in Boston but I believe he trusts my judgment not to go into danger unwittingly. My uncle does not know about our dark brotherhood, so Jack and the others will be safe from anyone looking for it. I'll be back to put things right. Signed, Marion Allen. P.S. I write this before I close the lid on the trunk. The thing is still in the attic of the house. It seems to recognize me and spoke foul curses at me. I will carve protective words on the trunk to prevent any tampering with its contents, just in case. And that is where we're going to end our story for now. 
Another Alan. Another Dark mm-hmm. Alan. Another, Alan. another Dark Alan. In a dark That's the only kind. <laughs> just like Brandy. <laughs> This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Chaosium Inc. slash Moon Design Publications, LLC, which are used under Chaosium Inc.'s fan material policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Chaosium Inc. For more information about Chaosium Inc.'s products, please visit chaosium.com. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the Nature of My Game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or at NOMGpodcast.com. To support us on Patreon, please visit patreon.com slash NOMGpodcast. podcast.